This is Paul Nobles from Eat and Form, and I am starting this podcast with my lovely co-host, Meredith. Meredith, did you want to say hello to everyone? Of course. I would like to say hello to everybody. Hi, everybody. <laughs> so we're going to talk a little bit about um, follow-up from last week's uh, theme, which was mostly on, on habits, kind of based around the book, Atomic Habits. Once I, once I listened to that podcast, um, it, it definitely piqued my interest. And so I ended up reading the book and uh, I think I have like 42 minutes left of the book. I just like blew through it. Um, so many great things in the book. Um, but, you know, if you if you read any books like this or anything like that, what you often see is that you're just refreshing older information and then if you can only get like three new things, that's a big addition to your repertoire. And so um, that's something that I'm going to focus on. So so even if Meredith hasn't read the book, um, which I don't have you read the book? I started it. OK, but so barely like yesterday. Well, my focus is not going to be really like criticizing the book or, or giving in-depth details on the book or anything like that. I want to focus and, and take kind of this new approach um, or a different approach kind of going into 2019 and juxtapose that with kind of where everybody's at, right? So, um, so I'm going to get some business out of the way real quick here. Um, not a whole lot going on in that regard. We, we ended up the sale for the training vault. So everybody that got in, you know, Meredith's actually one of the coaches for the training vault. Uh, she does the um, mobility section and she actually added an accessories piece, which uh, I, I was looking at that. That was a, <laughs> that, that was pretty crazy. Um, yeah. Bad or good, like bad, crazy or good, crazy. Um. Well, I guess my, my initial thought process is I think what happens for a lot of people when they see programming like that, and I think the best way to describe it, it's almost like competitor programming where you're adding in kind of this, this additional stuff to get better. What I think gets lost to people is that they can somewhat pick and choose, right? And so, so what ends up happening is people go, oh, my goodness, this monstrous beast of a thing. There's no way I could ever com complete that. Well, you might be good at toes to bar. Maybe you don't need to work on toes to bar as much as somebody else does. So kind of keep that in mind. Um, so that's the training vault. I'll let Meredith kind of talk about that piece here in a little bit. But the last thing that I kind of want to mention was that we introduced mm -hmm. our new membership levels. This is something that has been on the hush hush for quite some time. We, we, you know, if you've been a long time member, you know that one of the limiting factors for us is the amount of coaches that we have, even though we have a lot of coaches, you know, we have roughly 60 coaches on staff. But when you talk about the volume that we do related to Eat to Reform, 60 coaches is really not a lot. So the new select membership kind of allows for you to come in at a relatively low price point. Uh, you get a high level of support. You're able to use the algorithm, things of this nature. You can use the support tab within the app. 
But if you don't need a one-on-one coach, then, you know, this is a great fit for you. And and so that lower price point, I think, is something that's going to be really appealing for for most people. We do kind of walk you through if you're new to Eat to Perform and you think you can get away with without having a coach. What we're trying to do is be more competitive with a lot of lower cost apps. And the reality of the situation is, is that has to come at a certain price point for people. And then once you realize, oh, wait a second, I might be in a little bit over my head here. And we'll talk a little bit about that because that's sort of the theme (laughs) of this podcast. You know, you can then choose to go to a higher level of service um, if that ends up being something that you want to do. But uh, yeah, so um, I know a lot of people are coming into Training Vault. Did you want to give any any thoughts on, on what I said or how I said it? Yeah, no, um, you said it right. But what I think I did the intro video to that just to kind of explain it. And I think I said that in there that it's something to be used as accessory. My, my accessory program is something to be used in addition to what you're already doing to help with, you know, if you you're, have a weakness somewhere or maybe you want to get stronger at something. Um or just something to add to, but it can be definitely pick and choose. Like there's four days and it's really like one day, every day focuses on core, but one day is more legs. It's like legs and then more upper body, like lower body, upper body, lower body or upper body. So you could literally do two days or you could kind of pick and choose. It's meant to be just 30 minutes, but if you had 15, you could pick like two of those exercises that would focus on what you're trying to do and do those. So I, I tried to explain that when I was doing the intro video, but Honestly, that's how I do something similar to that and how I would do that accessory program is kind of pick and choose, kind of cherry pick what I want to work on the things that I want to work on. That makes sense. Yeah. So so that's a great transition to the overall topic that that I want to talk about. Right. So <laughs> kind of this idea of, of habits. And like I said, you know, when I as I was reading the book. I, I, you know, there were certain things that I thought, wow, that would be a great way to look at it. I think there's a lot of mental stuff in terms of establishing habits. And then you sort of realize one of the great things that they talk about in the book is you are what you're voting for each day. Right. And yeah. so, so you have you have good habits and you have bad habits. And, you know, there there is. I mean, he does a pretty good job of not being too judgmental of people, but there is kind of the bad food, good food thing, which, you know, I don't think is particularly helpful. I don't think that, um, you know, that's not how I view it from Eat to Perform's perspective, just because I think that, that what ends up happening is, you know, like I'm in New Orleans right now. What does that mean? I'm not going to eat a little bit flexibly because, you know, this guy says that the habit should be one way or the other. But I, I like to look at things, you know, as shades of gray, you know, and, and the majority <laughs> of the book is, is really a game changer for me and for a lot of people, honestly. Um, I- but I wanted to kind of bring something up. I was just gonna say, I don't know that you mentioned the name of the book. It's Atomic Habits, right, by James Clear. We didn't talk, just in case there's somebody getting on here that didn't, isn't in our Facebook group or doesn't know what book we're talking about. I just kind of wanted to throw that out there. Yeah, and, and you know, if you're, if you're new to Eat Reform or you're thinking about signing up to Eat Reform, 
the one thing that I think that, um, you know, we're going to be bringing to the table in 2019 is really a focus a little bit more on the transition from a life where, you know, your habits might not have been great. Or like one of the things that I posted on the main page is, did you vote to be a, a, a dieter in 2019? Right. <laughs> and what, what I think happens is people fall into these lifestyles that they don't actually want to have. Right. And so, you know, all the nonsense that comes out related to it's not a diet, it's a lifestyle. Most of those lifestyles are under eating where you're not going to be enjoying life all that much. Right. And I think if if eat to perform holds some appeal to you, one of that appeals is that when you're in New Orleans, you can have red beans and rice and you can have a po' boy sandwich and you can have, you know, um, foods that you like. You can drink alcohol. You can, you know, it's really about kind of managing those habits. And what I liked about what he said was that you're making votes and not every single day your votes are going to be 100 percent positive habits. But I think I can make a real strong argument. You always see the science of dark chocolate and the science of wine <laughs> where it's all positive. And, and really a lot of that comes down to people being able to relax and people being able to be more social. You know, yeah. I let, yesterday I, you know, I ended up going to this local CrossFit gym here that I've gone to a number of times and the owner, um, Jeff German, who, uh, you know, was a CrossFit games athlete. It was interesting because on the one hand, it, it looked a lot like CrossFit, um, but it's also very different from the CrossFit gym that I go to. There was much more hands on and there, there were new people and those new people, you could just tell right out the gate right. that their habits were a little different. I mean, I can think of one lady that I talked to and, you know, I was just like, so, hey, how's it going? You know, how, how long have you been a member of CrossFit? And she's like, well, a couple months. And, and I don't know if she was just being shy, but the impression <laughs> that I got from her is, I'm auditioning this whole CrossFit thing to see if it fits into my life, yes. right? And I think when you look at, you know, the habits of a healthy lifestyle, it is about having more habits that bring joy to your life. Um, but there's another concept that he talks a little bit about in the book that I think is emphasized in another book better. Okay. And the other, the other book is Discipline Equals Freedom, right? And um, I think the guy's name is Jocko Willenick. Um, and uh, the Discipline Equals Freedom is probably not the best book representative of that. He has an original book. You have to look at it. I don't remember the name at the moment. But um, his concept and it really ties into the concept of atomic habits is that when you have habits in place, 
right? So if you think about your life and you think about the things that you do, right, your habits are going to gradually build upon themselves. And so just a marginal percentage of change six to seven times a day adds up to a lot. That's the whole atomic, you know, habits idea. But what happens for a lot of people is they'll they'll get hung up in, well, I can't even imagine what it would be like to have 10,000 steps a day because, you know, I just don't have the time for that. Well, you have the time for something, right? You currently have a habit, whether it's a good habit or a bad habit, yeah. right? Sitting on the couch watching TV at night is a habit. It is, but as a trainer, right, mm-hmm. and and I think that you're probably going to be a little bit different than, than most trainers, <laughs> I don't think that a lot of trainers actually know what the habits are of their people when they get home, right? So there's a lot of people that are under eating by eating in, intuitively or, or, you know, mm-hmm. eating pure foods or right. or low carb or, or whatever it is. And then they're mm. unenergetic. They don't sleep well. They don't have a lot of good, you know, basis but, for what they're doing. Right. And right. so, you know, this, this woman that, that sort of showed up to this, this CrossFit gym, you know, it was interesting because, you know, I remember being that I remember being new, um, I do think that my mentality um, was a little different because I think that she was probably she she looked you know she looked uh, she looked fitter than me right <laughs> like like she she's probably been um, relatively thin most of her life and uh, she probably did that with some you know amount of nutrition intervention or um, you know, some different form, maybe mostly cardio, something of that nature, right? right? Or, or maybe light weight lifting. I um, mean, I only say that based on what I saw from her right. related to the type, yeah. Lifting mm-hmm. and how she was moving. But what was really interesting to me, and, and this is something that I brought up in the podcast in the past, I was at a seminar one time and it was a two-day seminar, and it really shouldn't have been a two-day seminar. It should have been a one-day seminar. <laughs> the amount of information that they had in the seminar was not blow you away good. Um, but but the training aspect of it, there was something that came up, and you know, I was talking to this trainer who was training trainers, and. I said to him, I was like, so two people, they're both working out. One's new. One has been around a while. Who's working out harder? Right. And he's like, well, it's easy. You know, um, whoever did the most reps worked out harder. And I'm just thinking to myself, wow, I can't believe you don't know the basis for that question. And then maybe I phrased the question wrong or maybe he didn't, you know, understand where I was going with, right? But when I did the workout yesterday, most of my progress up to this point was already built in. 
Right. That woman that is just kind of auditioning CrossFit right now, or and 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 don't get caught up in the CrossFit aspect. CrossFit is one of these things that when you mention it, you know, it, it's almost like religion. People go, "That's not my religion. I don't want to hear about it." Right. I'm not talking about the religious aspect of what it is you do related to fitness. If we're talking about powerlifting, if we're talking about bodybuilding, just accept that I'm talking about people that are more trained than people compared to people that are less trained, right? Right. When I go to the gym or Meredith goes to the gym, the amount of progress that we can make is very marginal compared to all the progress that we've made up to this point. Right. So what was interesting about it, you know, she's going to be lifting lighter. She's going to be a little bit more conscious of her form as she should be. The coaches are not going to spend a lot of time on me. They're going to spend a lot of time on her to make sure that she's safe. And so, you know, like in, in the workout in the wide, it was a 10 minute time cap. You know, it was deadlifts and toes to bar. Um, you know, this was these were two movements that that I'm very used to. And I blew through the wide while 75 percent of the class, you know, probably 50 percent of them were were new mm -hmm. or, or they've come to fitness within the last six months to a year. Doesn't mean that they weren't running. Doesn't mean that they weren't doing something of that nature. But, you know. We all know with Instagram and Facebook that weightlifting is starting to get a good reputation. And, you know, CrossFit gyms are kind of this good hybrid for those people, right? So if you come right. from a running background, I mean, I've been pretty open about the fact that I came to CrossFit after mostly a cardio type of thing. And then I realized where my true love was, which was weightlifting. Right. right? Me, too. So, me too. I mean, that's that's me too. I was a running, I mean, marathons, half marathons, everything. And then when I found CrossFit, that's, yeah, exactly. Weightlifting is yeah. where my, my love is. And kind of jumping back to the habits piece, you know, when I was bodybuilding over the last year and a half, right? So I, mm -hmm. I only recently came back to CrossFit. I was bodybuilding a year and a half there, and uh, the one thing about the bodybuilding was that I didn't love it, right? It didn't, yeah. it, it didn't take all the boxes for me. Now, I did love the fact that when you get a nice pump session in, you <laughs> can look in the mirror and you can see the results. That was always yeah. good. And I will say that as good as CrossFit is for, for people – it doesn't give you that. It will in certain workouts, but you don't right. get that typically. No. Right? no, you're not isolating biceps. Typically, you're not going to be doing something like leg extensions. I mean, when I did leg extensions and I would superset that with, you know, uh, Bulgarian split squats and, oh, yeah. and this nature, my quads would be ridiculously big, you know. <laughs> I don't see that at CrossFit, but CrossFit ticks a lot of other boxes for me. And many of those boxes ha are related to the community. So when we talk about kind of the habits that I did not have or the habits that um, 
were a little bit on the negative side, you know, when I was working out and doing things that I did not love. Now I'm talking about pre fitness, right? Where I was just new to fitness and trying to establish those habits. I didn't love it. I wasn't all in. And so when I was doing something mostly cardio, even though I, I stayed really focused, I lost a lot of, lost a hundred pounds. I mean, everyone kind of knows my story by now. I didn't, it, it didn't feel like home. Right. Right. I get and it. so that habits, you know, that that's one of the things that he talks a lot about is, you know, kind of establishing positivity related to the habit. One great thing about, um, you know, the, uh, you know, when we talk about eating more whole foods and, 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 and kind of establishing these, these positive habits, whenever I go to CrossFit, as an example, I'll eat two hours beforehand. Mm-hmm. That's a habit that I'm in right. that sets up the positive related to CrossFit. And a lot of times the other habit that comes that that's positive is that it allows me to eat more flexibly. Right. right. So I can now eat, more things that that I enjoy, a lot of those end up being whole foods. Right. Something like you know Greek yogurt with granola and honey. You know, I mean, if you're kind of in that good food, bad food thing, um, then you might be caught up in that. But to me, that's a good food, oh. right? Um, yeah. And and can really contribute to my overall goals, which is getting better at exercise. And like I said, you know, when we look at all the people that are new, this is really the point. This is the major takeaway Mm -hmm. that I want everyone to walk away from this podcast with is that if you're susceptible to the message of get your first 10 pounds for free, right? (laughs) You in 2019, you're voting dieter. Right. Because what you're hoping for is that that 10 pounds or or whatever you're hoping to lose, you're going to lose that and then get back to normal. Normal's the problem. Normal is the thing that kept me where I was. It was a life unattended. And when you have a life unattended, what ends up happening is you start to establish these habits that are not consistent with who you want to be as a human being, right? And so I think there's way too many people out there that are susceptible to, oh, look, Oprah's on a bike and I get, you know, the first 10 pounds free. Right. I mean, if you're on your 47th whole 30 and you've tried Weight Watchers 11 times, it didn't work. It's <laughs> not, it's not, you, you did right. not approach it right. from the standpoint of changing what your normal is. Yeah. What happens is, is you've allowed your habits to be more on the voting on the dieter side than voting on the joyous life side. Right. That doesn't mean that you never manage your weight, right? right? 
Right. But you can manage your weight a lot better when you have moments of joy built in. So yeah, Meredith wants to kind of jump in. Yeah. So a couple of things like exactly on that, there's a guy that I've been working with a little bit at the gym and he, his whole thing is he did the whole 30. He did paleo. He did keto. Like he's tried them all. Okay. And when he really started talking to me and understanding the things that you and I are talking about, he, he, it was a game changer for him. He said he has never felt like this was like, this is his new life. These are his new habits. He's never felt that with any other. And don't get me wrong. This super fit guy who competes and, you know, he didn't have it, but it was more even just energy levels and stuff for him. And he said he has never once felt restricted. He doesn't feel like this isn't something that he can do for the rest of his life. He doesn't feel like it's uh, something he's going to fail at, which he always felt with everything else. Does that, does that make sense? But he just feels like he's in a place now where he's developed the habits that he can, this is, it's, it's, he enjoys eating. He looks forward to going out, you know, and being able to, like you said, eat red beans and rice and have his, you know, po' boy sandwich and everything and those type of things. And, um, like, it's just fun to see people like grasp onto that and really see that change. And, yes. um, so, so look, let me give you an example that I think is something that is important for people to hear. Mm-hmm. I'm not tracking while I'm here, right? Oh, yeah, no. Um, and, and there are definitely times where I will go long periods without tracking food, but I'm, I'm staying conscious of weight. I'm staying conscious of activity and things of this nature. This mm-hmm. is where I think – if you're choosing, if you're voting dieter, right, you probably hate the scale. Scale always gives you bad information, and you don't have a great relationship with the scale. Right. The problem is not the scale. Your problem is is that you're voting dieter, right? Yeah. And so, so your whole life, your whole worldview is I need to weigh less to be happy. Mm-hmm. And what I'm saying is, is you build in the habits that allow you to be happy now, right? So like in the case, I can't tell you how many people I've heard say what Meredith just said um, and then move on to an intuitive way of eating, but then also come back. So they might have been more conscious of their weight. And so let's say that, you know, as a man, you know, Mm-hmm. The UC form got to 195 pounds. One of the things that we actually we actually were just talking about this, and this is something that the new level of membership is going to allow that I don't know that the old level of membership really did, right? So there's a lot right. of people that, that do need one-on-one coaching and, and, and things of this nature. But if we can kind of build in some of these things where people are conscious and then could move to a little bit of an intuitive way of, of eating and then give us some some basic ideas on whether they're overeating or undereating, then we can then kind of build a structure of what the long term looks like, right? Right. Because what happens for a lot of people is that you, your metabolism is something that if you don't maintain it at a relatively high number, 
you can't use it to get to where you want to go, right? <laughs> and and that's kind of the basis of each reform. But what uh, a lot of people don't realize is that a lot of the things that you might think I think aren't the <laughs> things that I actually think, right? Um, I don't think low carb is bad. In fact, I built in a piece of low carb into each perform. The right. low days are low carb days, right? Yeah. Um, and well, people are like, oh yeah, but I'm not in ketosis. It's like, here's the newsflash for you. Ketosis doesn't matter, right? Yeah. Um, or ketosis or however you're pronouncing it. Um, the reality is, is that if you're eating in abundance and then you come down, you know, from that level of abundance, you're going to see see a more specific result. But I think that people and, and I, I do think that people are kind of sold a bill of goods with uh, lose 10 pounds free or lose 10 pounds in 10 days. Mm -hmm. You're just being suckered. Right. Because it, it, they're giving you right. question and, 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 and keto is the same way. Right. Because right. people are being sold. This is really simple. It's like. I can't tell you how many people that are ketogenic dieting, that ketogenic dieting or ketogenic diet so that they could drink alcohol. Right. So they 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 they're. They definitely they ketogenic diet with beer. Right. Um and it's like, wait a second. Like and and once again, you know, it's never the it's not the ketogenic dieting that's the magic. It's not the right. it's always the calories based yeah. on the calories that you were eating previous to that, right? Well, right. in my view, you know, low carb can be used as a tool. And we use it as a tool when, you know, you look at some of the lower um, plans in fat loss, right. you're, that's going to look a lot like low carb. Um, yeah. And it's also going to look relatively low fat also. And the reason why it will do that is because that's going to allow you to get the result the fastest, but it's also going to allow you to get out of the dieting cycle fastest, right? So do I think that you could intuitively eat with having some kind of, you know, habits in place that allow for you to know, hey, you know, I'm not under eating necessarily, but it's the summer. I kind of want to chill out. Those are the things that I want to be able to build in with some checks and balances in place where you can use kind of the lighter version of each perform as a way of kind of keeping track of things. The reason why people don't want to weigh themselves is because they don't want to know. Right. And think about if you've gotten better at anything, you it's very difficult to get better at something if you don't want to know the answer to that thing, right? Um, we did lose Meredith here, it looks like. Um, she's frozen at least. I don't know. I know she just maybe turned off of her, her camera. So we're kind of running into a little bit of a technical problem. But there's really not a lot more that I really wanted to talk about as it relates to that. I think if you're, if you're new to fitness and you're coming into 2019 or if you're really just kind of trying to get re-energized, Really look at 
how you can marginally change all these different degrees to get better than where you're at right now and then look at what your normal is you know if you're just looking at normal as a lifestyle of under eating for the rest of your life you know how much joy is going to be built into that now you always have the other side right the other side being um you know one of the symptoms of depression is weight gain right so you know uh it, it's not like there isn't some evidence on the other side as well. But at the end of the day, you know, the better, you know, when you talk about, you know, I'm, I'm someone who's been through, um, you know, a therapist and, and, and talked to many therapists in my life. And part of the self care is sort of building in these healthy habits that allow you to kind of live a fruitful life, right? And so, you know, I'll end kind of on this note because one of one of the um, the books that I really enjoy from a business perspective. I, if you're a business owner, I would really suggest that you you read this book. It's called Principles by Ray Dalio, and you might actually be able to benefit from it even if you aren't a business owner. But one of the things that he talked about was you can leave an extraordinary life if you realize that you have to cross a jungle to get to that extraordinary life. Now you could choose to live an ordinary life, right? Where you don't have to cross that jungle, but that has its sort of pitfalls. You can't hope for the things that you want in life without wanting to cross that jungle, right? And so at the end of the day, you have to look at your normal as being abundant, right? So one a great example of what I mean here is that my my oldest daughter for the last couple of years Meredith is back um, but my oldest daughter oh so she she might have um, some issues related to her microphone here but my oldest daughter I'm back I'm sorry okay. I don't know what happened the internet we just no. we were worried about the internet with the hotel and stuff I don't know what happened yeah we'll 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 uh, we're going to wrap it up here. Yeah. I know both of us have things to get to. But um, what I was talking about was that if you want an extraordinary life, you, you have to cross the jungle, right? You have to look at life as this series of challenges that you have to be up for the challenge. If you want an ordinary life, you know, the, the challenges kind of take you over, right? And you can't kind of get to that next, next place. But my oldest daughter, last couple of years, you know, last year she went to Thailand, the year before she went to Galapagos, and she's part of this program that's sort of like the Peace Corps light. My youngest daughter is going to Fiji this year, right? And she's going to have to make some sacrifices to go to Fiji. Um, and when you think of kind of building this extraordinary life, you know, obviously for my wife and I, there's going to be some sacrifice on our part to get our daughter to Fiji and to get our previous daughter to the Galapagos. And, 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 you know, those things are not, are not inexpensive. Right. And, uh, but, but I'm also not one of these people 
that wonders why I don't have a Ferrari, right? I know why I don't have a Ferrari. I don't want a Ferrari. I think right. a Ferrari would not fit into my life. I live in Minnesota. It would be ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. um, and, and I think that as you're structuring your life, you know, you have to kind of put in place. Now, certainly 25-year-old Paul, um, if I knew what I know now, you know, I probably would have bought a Ferrari, you know, and it would have fit really well for 25-year-old Paul. But as 50-year-old Paul, I'm perfectly fine with my Subaru so that my daughter gets to go to Fiji, right? And I just want you all to think of these things as that every single thing that you want in life is achievable, including joy. But what you can't do is go, I'm going to put all my eggs in the dieting basket and then I'll just eventually get the joy later. Right. Right. You, right. you have to you have to slowly change the whole paradigm because there's this myth out there. Right. All of you guys are hearing, you know, seeing all the sugar is the enemy and carbs are the enemy and, and calories are the enemy. But at the end of the day, you know, it's about leading in an abundant life to where you're mostly active, you're thriving as a human being. That's what we all kind of secretly want to get to. We don't want to live this really rigid life. And when you look right. at it and you hear about these habits, you go, well, that seems really rigid to me. You have it reversed, right? It's those, it's a consistent bedtime that, <clears throat> allows you more freedom. You have more energy throughout the day. It's the, the fact that you go to CrossFit, you know, on Tuesdays, Thursdays, Saturdays, and Sundays, that allows for structure. Now, because of that structure, you know, my daughter has to go to skating at a certain time. And my other daughter has to, you know, they have to kind of build their life around my life. Because right. that's a priority in my life. There's so many people that say to me, I don't know that I can do that. Well, it's just a matter of what you're prioritizing. Maybe you don't need to do that. Maybe you don't need to get 10,000 steps a day because, you know, that's not consistent with what your goals are. Maybe your goals are building muscle, right? right. right. But what you can't say is, I want a Ferrari, but I also <laughs> don't want to go to work. Those two goals don't make any sense, right? So if you want to achieve great things in life and you want to have an abundant life and you want to cross that jungle, and maybe you don't want to cross that jungle, maybe you want to go to kind of maybe not the, the level that Ray Dalio is, who's a billionaire, <laughs> uh, but your jungle or crossing your jungle is different. Maybe maybe your jungle is just like, you know, a pond and you know, <laughs> kind of some trees, you know, in your backyard, right? Your jungle might not be the jungle that it takes to 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 be a billionaire, but it it always strikes me, you know, the easiest sell in the whole world is selling people on something that they don't have, right? right. And and what what's not the easiest sell is the idea of if you build a life 
that is structured in a way that allows you to reach those goals, you know, oftentimes you start to realize that I don't know, like if, if as an example, you know, in my twenties, I built a life to get a Ferrari, you know, hopefully by the time I'm 50, the, the, my priorities will have changed. Right. Or, or I have a Ferrari, but I also have an abundant life. So, so I can do other things and travel and, 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 you know, cause it would, it would be, um, you know, not so great, you know, to have a really low cost apartment, right. And then have my Ferrari sitting outside with $8,000 mechanic bills and stuff like that. <laughs> so, so, so that, and, and, in a very real way, I think that there's a direct connection between the people who've obsessed about dieting their whole life, right? And they're here yet again in 2019. That's what you've done is right. you made dieting your Ferrari, right? And so right. you live, you live in an apartment with that doesn't have an abundant life. You've not allowed yourself You've not created the habits that allow for you to be something what what really right. you really want, right? right. And 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 I, I, Meredith wants to jump in, and, think, and yeah. we're going to kind of end on this note. Yeah. yeah. But the advertisements that you're being sold, you know, that that really look cool, they're kind of giving you the impression that if you lose ten pounds. You're going to be living this abundant life where Oprah's on a on a you know a, a mountain bike, um, and and, I'm, and you know maybe Oprah mm. does live a really good life, you know. But I really don't think that dieting is the biggest piece. And right. and you know maybe their marketing is great, but they really are selling diet as the biggest piece. And I I think that that's actually a distraction. Yep. Just one point, and I really think this is a good a good point we can end on, but there was a, a girl I was talking to in the gym and I was just kind of asking her about, you know, her goals, how things were going, this kind of thing. And not even related to weight loss. She's, she was like, Oh, well, you know, I, I really haven't seen any, any, any changes. I'm like, well, what have you done? What have you changed to make those changes? Like, and she's like, uh, nothing. Like she hadn't really changed anything. She was still doing things the same way. But, you know, and and then wasn't seeing what she wanted. So it goes back to all of this. Like, if you want these things in your life, you want to live this abundant life, you want to have these these goals and these um, dreams and these all these things you want to accomplish, something has to you have to work toward that. Something has to change. You can't just keep living the way that you're living and doing the things the way that you are doing them and expect things to change and get better and accomplish what you want to. So that, that well, was kind of what I explained to her. I mean, we can end on that note. Normal is the problem, right. right? If you want to change, you have to view it like you have to change a lot more than just lose 10 pounds and you're going to be happy because, exactly. you know, you've done it before. <laughs> what happened? Right? right. So now what I'm challenging everyone to do here, and we're going to be bringing this up in challenges and stuff like that so mm -hmm. real soon, is start thinking of it broader. Don't think of it in such a finite way where you become so obsessed by all of these different things that you miss kind of the abundant life part. And if you challenge your normal, 
and actually from a from a homeostasis standpoint you know the balance that basically all of our lives look for related to dieting related to training whatever you know to challenge that is difficult it should be difficult the only way you're going to make great change is to view it as a more difficult struggle than you know the first 10 pounds are free right right all right, we will end on that note. I'm going to go enjoy New Orleans and have yeah. a great weekend. Have a great time. Go Saints. And uh, I'm actually <laughs> yes. down here for the, for the football game. So, oh, have um, so much fun. Can't wait to yeah, hear how that goes. Good luck. I'm looking forward to it. Talk to everybody later and have a great weekend. Bye. I know.